Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. Hey, I'm Allison Langer. And I'm Andrea Askowitz. This is Writing Class Radio, where you'll hear true personal stories and learn a little bit about how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work at our shit. There's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. Today's show is one in a mini-series called Home. Writing Class Radio worked on a documentary to help end homelessness for Chapman Partnership, a homeless center in South Florida. We put a public call out asking for stories about home. The call brought so many different takes. Thank you to all the people who submitted stories. In our series, you'll hear a story about a woman finally feeling at home in her body, a woman at home in another country less racially divided than the United States, and a woman torn between two homes. Today's story by Marvin Jenkins is about a man who finds home through love with a woman while he's dealing with addiction. This episode is about creating a vulnerable narrator. Marvin takes responsibility for the shit he's caused. We'll be back with Marvin's story after the break. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. I'm Allison Langer, and every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time, I host First Draft. It's a class, kinda, because you'll get a little bit of instruction, but mostly it's a group where you come together with other writers online, write to a prompt and share what you wrote. It's the only way to get better. Come join me. Check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com or go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio to learn more. We're back. This is Allison Langer, and you're listening to Writing Class Radio. Up next is a story by former student Marvin Jenkins. Marvin is a shipping and receiving specialist at Boeing. He is also a poet and a dad. His story is called Home is Love. A different version of this story was told on stage at Lip Service, a Miami storytelling event. Here's Marvin reading his story, Home is Love. When I was 13, I had a dream. It begins with me and a girl in front of the movie theater at the falls. I hear a melodious, powerful voice. I think it's the voice of God. I don't know because I don't know what God sounds like. But for sure, it's a heavenly voice. This voice says, this girl is the one. She will be your wife. A few years later, I met Serena. On our third date, we went to a movie at the falls. Outside the theater, like a lightning bolt, it struck me. I dreamed this, exactly like this. Serena was the girl in my dream, the girl of my dreams. Serena was my first girlfriend. 
I've loved her since I was 15. I'm 37 now, and I'm still in love with her. From the beginning, I wanted to marry her, start a family, and grow old with her. That was a scary-ass feeling at 15. I wrote her poems like, my soul bleeds through my pen. We were both living with half a soul, but upon meeting, became whole. Our first year together was beautiful. Every night, we talked on the phone till five in the morning. But shortly after telling me she loved me, she broke up with me. She said, I'm not ready for the strength of love you give me. I couldn't stop crying. My sister was so mad, she called Serena. What the hell did you say to make my brother cry? I lost my innocence. I lost my virginity to this girl. Yes, but I lost so much more when she broke my heart. After that, I decided to become a womanizing asshole. I emulated guys from the neighborhood who were players. I talked to two, sometimes three or more girls at a time. I figured all those other dickheads that treated women like shit and called them bitches and hoes were the ones with all the bitches and hoes. Yet that was not me. I was playing a role to mask the pain I really felt. I tried to get back with Serena from time to time. I would send her poems. You are the only woman I will ever love. You are grace and mercy in angelic form sent from above. But she always said she just wanted to be friends. One day, three years after our breakup, she invited me out to her workplace for sex. I had been waiting for this for three years. She gripped me around my biceps and moaned. She said my name. I made love to her as if I was dying of thirst, and she was my ward. This time, I danced with an angel lasted eight years. It had its ups and downs. What relationship doesn't? But I thought it would last forever. I loved her more than anything except drugs. I started with marijuana, then ecstasy and coke. We did drugs together, but I was the one who was out of control. We conceived the child during one of our ecstasy sessions, barricaded in our room until 4 a.m. Yes, my daughter is an ecstasy baby. I'm not proud of how she was made, but she is my world. Her name is Gianna, which means God's grace. I supported Serena and my daughter for two years, so Serena didn't have to work. Well, the stress was making me lose my temper, which was already bad. I never placed a hand on Serena, but I was verbally abusive. We couldn't have a discussion about our daughter without me yelling things like, I know what's best, I'm her father. After eight years and a really bad fight, she broke up with me. I lost her and essentially my daughter. Serena and I had a long time mutual friend named Jennifer. She took pity on me and let me rent out a room in her house. Everything was cool at first. I paid rent, went to work. On my days off, I didn't care about anything except getting high and trying to suppress the pain of being without Serena and Gianna. I would cop ecstasy, cocaine, and weed. After paying rent and my phone bill, I would give Serena $400 for Gianna, which left me with $800 a month to blow. And I did. One night, I was extremely toasted. My drug-addled brain thought it would be a good idea to text Jennifer. The text started out like one of my poems. How does one friend tell another words that are supposed to be reserved for a lover?
Then the ecstasy took hold. My text messages got more and more sexually graphic, ending with things I wanted to do to her. Jennifer did not text me back. That text ruined my life. I lost a good friend. I got kicked out of Jennifer's house and slept in the playground that night. I could see my bedroom window from where I slept. And of course, Jennifer told Serena. After that, I admitted myself into rehab. I got out and Serena took me back. Six years later, I got hooked again on drugs and lost everything again. I was back in a homeless shelter, mentally and emotionally broken. I'm out now. I have a good job at Boeing. I have my own apartment. And I'm working at a new farm for Serena. Um, I think this story is adorable. I just... Ugh. It broke my heart. No, it broke my heart. It's like a classic story of like how to fuck up your life. I swear. And I just, it broke my heart. And you could tell how much he loved this woman and he just really wanted to be with her. And he just, I don't know. He just kept turning to the wrong places and making bad decisions and like substance. That substance just took over. Every time something happened, he just turned to that. And it just broke, that part broke my heart. True. Right. But don't you, I'm, I just want to be like, make this poem great, Marvin. Make it great. Yeah. He helps you believe in him and in by the way he writes and the things that he says. And I think because he started the story with love, he if he had started the story talking about the addiction first, it would be set up as a different story, I think. And um, but in this case, I feel like it's really about love and about home and having this family. And the addiction just gets in the way. And so that's that's why I love the setup so much. It's a brilliant setup because we see this young, this kid with a dream and this kid like lovesick. So we see him as like a, an adorable, I, I don't know. I am so, I'm so drawn in and so drawn to this narrator. Like I really trust him. I really like him. I mean, he made some fucked up decisions, but he takes responsibility for them. And, oh, I don't know. At the end, I just, I really am cheering for him. You know, I I just don't want to pass judgment on, on, on this sort of an addiction type situation because I haven't ever felt that way. I don't, I don't struggle with that type of an addiction. I, I mean, for sure, I felt love addiction, just that you know, the endorphins and everything, and you're just addicted to somebody, but like a substance or something like that. I mean, that is just not my field. So I I don't know what it feels like, but I feel like he does a pretty good job of showing us that he's trying to do something for himself and he keeps fucking up. You know, it just takes over and it shows us that, you know, a lot of times I feel like, um, (sighs) People will say, like, if you loved me, you wouldn't do that. But it just, in this story, we get that he doesn't have control and he loves his family more than anything. He says, except drugs, drugs, but I don't buy it because I don't feel like he loves drugs more. He just, drugs have more of a power over him. That's what I felt in this story. 
because he didn't make a choice to go fuck up his life. It's sort of just like, I don't know. The, the, there is one part that I was like, and it was right after he said he loved her more than anything except drugs. But then I was wondering, so his daughter was an ecstasy baby. It was with her. So when he set it up, like I danced with an angel for eight years, I, I thought then he was broken up with her. But then he had this baby and I was like, was it with Serena? But then I, I'm sure it was because he's supporting the both of them, right? But then I'm thinking, yeah. was he doing drugs with Serena for fun? And that's what yes. they did. And they had this ecstasy baby. But then how did the, the fun behavior get so bad and turn into something that ruined his life? Well, he actually said, and this is what I loved about this narrator, because he said, um, we did drugs together, but I was the one that had the problem. So he knew that he had the problem. He was the one that couldn't control himself. And the way that he said, I loved her more than anything except drugs, I feel like that's him taking responsibility. And I don't mean to say that I know, I I also don't know what it means to be addicted to drugs. And so I don't want to put agency on him when maybe he didn't even have agency because he was, he had a disease. So I don't, I'm not judging him that way, but I am saying that for the, point of this story, he's saying he was the one who took the drugs. He said um, he admits his mistakes or he admits... Well, especially texting Jennifer. Here's this person who's helping her and he texts her this ridiculous, you know, drug-induced message, which uh, that I can relate to. Doing something super stupid when you're drunk or, you know, whatever, out partying. I I really, that I've done. What'd you do? Oh my God. I knew you were going to say that. I've sent pictures. I've sent, um, hi, I'm thinking about you. And the person's with like another person. I still love you. Like I've sent tons of messages. Have you? Um, one time when I was in high school, I tried to write a love letter to someone who I was playing, um, strip poker with, but then I had a yeast infection at the time. And then I didn't want to, uh, so I wrote this letter. Oh, cause I didn't want to fool around with the guy because I had a yeast infection and I wrote this. This is actually one time when a friend of mine saved my life because I showed her the letter and she was like, bury that. No, 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 no. And so I didn't send it or I didn't hand it off. It was in those days. I feel like we've talked about that here on the podcast once before. I think we did. I think it came up in another story. We're we're a friend editor saying saved my life. I'm equally as disgusted hearing it now as I was then. Just you never want to hear about my yeast infection or my my letter. (laughs) What? But I feel like you would do that again. I know. I probably would. And what's really bad about (laughs) today's day and age is that we don't have time. Like I wrote physically by hand. I carried the letter. I showed it to my friend. Today, I would have just, like you, dashed off a, a not a tweet, but, you know, a text message. Oh, sorry, I didn't go fool around with you because I had a yeast infection, Um, you know, rain check. And now you can be graphic. You can actually take a picture down there and just prove it to him. I mean, I would see you doing that. Look, it's bad. <gasps> oh, maybe. I hope yeah. not. But that, that's what the problem with texting is and, and all this social media. I mean, we do stuff in the moment that seems like a good idea. And, and, and in Marvin's story, I, I'm sure like it was no big deal. Jennifer, like this is his friend. Maybe there's it was a, boundary. a text message to our point. Yes. And he was completely drug addled. And so totally on drugs. He thinks it's a great idea to write a text message about all the sex he wants to do with his friend, his, his, his like love of his life's best friend. 
Right. Not a good, not a good idea. No, that that landed him homeless. That changed his life forever. Yeah. Ugh. But what I also want to talk about about this story is um, th- his voice, and I think that this narrator has such a, a strong and adorable voice. The girl in my dreams, the girl of my dreams, and then he's like. Okay, explain this. When he is going on about treating women like he wanted to be the asshole who um, treated bitches, who, like what do you say, bitches and hoes, so he could get all the bitches and hoes. What? To explain to me why that line is adorable. Because to me, it was. Yeah. Well, he's saying I'm a dick and I'm acting like a dick, but that's really not who I was. And so because he ended with that and he didn't go off thinking, wow, man, look at me. I'm so great. He was like, I did this and I did this. And it's and that you just explained it. It's because he's not really bragging. He's really like, uh, that wasn't me. No, it's not me. I loved that line. And I was so impressed that that this man could could get away with it. I mean, the point is, is that if you're talking about yourself and you're you're revealing and you're being vulnerable and you're admitting your mistakes, everyone in the world is going to love you and identify with you. I agree. I think so. And I love this guy. I love Marvin Jenkins. Thank you, Marvin. And thank you for listening. This episode of Writing Class Radio is produced by Matt Kundal and Evan Serminski of the Sound Off Media Company. Allison Langer, and me, Andrea Askowitz. Social media content is by Mia Pennekamp. Theme music by Ari Herstan. Additional music by Poddington Bear. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including video classes, stories to study, and editing resources. If you love this show and enjoy all the extras on our website, hit the support us button and check out the writing classes and publishing insights we are giving our Patreon supporters. For $10 a month, I will answer all your publishing questions. Email me at andrea at writingclassradio.com. For $25 a month, you get a writing class a week with Allison. The classes are on Tuesdays from 12 to 1 Eastern time via Zoom. You'll write to a prompt and share what you wrote. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday. So look for us. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.